Why do people have grass in front of their house or in their gardens? Why do we put grass in our gardens? Do you know? Power to live more with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Jan Touton of Econocom. Jan's marketing team approached us to come on the podcast and we're really glad they did as Joe really enjoyed the interview. Jan paints great pictures with his storytelling. Jan is the CEO of Econicom NL, the 6 billion euro digital services company in the Netherlands, as well as the president of the French Chamber of Commerce in the Netherlands. Jan is a strong believer in the location independence movement. He believes the associated focus on experiences versus possessions presents a new opportunity to corporates. For his own experience, he sees CEOs dealing with three major challenges, shifting business models, integrating startup mentality into company culture and attracting the Y generation. Jan believes the mindset shift from possessions to experiences frees up the mind to create new solutions. Also, employees open up to new experiences when they are outside of an office environment. This philosophy reflects Econocom's subscription-based digital transformation services. Based on the philosophy that usage is better than ownership, this approach allows Econicom's clients to focus on their core business. They are able to achieve their vision more cost-effectively. Jan loves to integrate this way of working in the projects to create innovative solutions and improve the employee experience. Jan also integrates the mindset of experiences over possessions into his own life. Jan is a keen sailor and loves to talk about his experiences. Back to the studio. Today, I'm interviewing Jan Touton of Econocom. Welcome, Jan. Lovely to have you with me. Thank you for inviting me, Joe. It's a pleasure to be here. So start by telling us who you are and what you do and also where you do it. I'm the CEO of a company called Econocom. I run the Dutch branch of this company. We are based in Holland. And what we do with Econocom, we Netflix IT. So we take IT projects and we turn them into a subscription model. Uh, to give you an example, we go to schools and we offer a complete uh, e-learning platform to schools by offering the tablet, but also the e-learning software, the Wi-Fi, the DG boards, uh, the insurance, the maintenance, because of course, a lot of them will fall from the tables. And we offer all this package in a price per kids per month, for instance, eight euros per month per children, and you have a complete e-learning solution fully packaged. That's what we do at Econocom. That's one, one of the examples of what we do. Wow, love it. And I, and I love the way that you've um, 
converted it into a very quick explanation with the Netflix reference. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that the strong messages are, uh, are the, the, the key ones. And uh, we don't have, uh, you can bore people with your story. So let's make it fun and uh, powerful and impacting. So uh, I like those. Uh, this um, way of expressing things with Netflix IT. If you have to remember something, this is what you have to remember today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. So um, great to hear that uh, you're another of our international uh, interviewees. I don't think I've interviewed somebody from the Netherlands um, yet. So do, uh, yeah, I think we've added to our, our list of countries, so that's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ticking boxes. So, so tell us, tell us, why you do what you do uh you know where where did this come from why are you so passionate about about what you're doing i love to make life easier i love to um, address uh, uh, issues that people uh, have in their lives so they can focus on uh, what they are good at um, I believe that um, we are in a flow, we are happy, we are good with ourselves when we do what we love to do. Mm -hmm. And of course, our lives, if this can be private, but this can also be professional, our lives are very often, um, I would say, diverted by, uh, by some things that we don't like to do, but we have to do. So yeah. what I like with uh, what we offer at Econocom is to uh, ease uh, our customers in managing their uh, IT solutions in a way that they can focus on their core business. And I will give you the example of Netflix again that I took at the start. If you recall before Netflix, you had to go to the, uh, to the DVD uh, uh, renting shop and you had to have a DVD player. You had to add a remote control with the batteries that were uh, loaded enough to be able to manage your DVD player. So there was a lot of hurdles because before you can watch a movie yeah. today, you just go on any device you have, you do two clicks and you watch your movie, you have your experience. So what we want is to have experiences and not the challenges to be able to enter into those experiences. And this is what Netflix does. You have direct access to the experience. And this is what I love to offer to uh, my customers is to give them direct access to what they, are, they want to have without to have the burden of organizing it. Example again of e-learning in schools, the kids, they have to take their tablets and to start learning. They don't have to have to address issues with the Wi-Fi or a broken tablet that doesn't work and so on and so on. It has to be a seamless experience to be in the experience and not uh, bothered by the, the organization of the experience. That's what I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, lo I love that stuff too. It's funny, I, I often think to myself, in, in a real sort of micro way how I've set certain things up that make life so much easier and then and then I think oh this is so sad that you're thinking this <laughs> but, but you know no, for, example, I, for example I have um a process this just sounds ridiculous that people will be laughing they'll be like I'm not listening to this podcast ever again I I have a certain pocket in my handbag when I'm walking through London that has my card to get through the tube you know the um uh, Oyster card that I that I use, and um, and I always put my train tickets in the same pocket. And, and on a regular basis, I think to myself, this is a really organised thing that means that I'm never searching for my tickets. I've never lost them. I I can just walk in, whip out the card, put it on the thing, go straight through it. It all works really well. And then I think, really sad <laughs> that I'm so impressed. <laughs> with myself. But it you is know, an example. 
<laughs> so it's, 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 <laughs> yeah. I love your example because this is some routines yeah. um, that make that you preserve your energy for what you're good at and you don't waste yeah. your energy in a, in, in a bullshitting around with things that have no importance. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I'm really much convinced about uh, a seamless life, you know, uh, to, to make it very, very um, uh, focused on what you want to do. And also, it creates headspace when you don't have to worry about those things and uh, spend energy there. You create some room in your head to have uh, the curiosity to have the openness to have the creativity because your 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 mind is is relaxed and free and to mm. me this is this is very important i i give you a, an example i love joe why do people have grass in front of their house or in their gardens why do we put grass in our gardens do you know <laughs> to give us something to do at the weekends <laughs> to yeah. Mow the yeah yeah <laughs> grass is a nightmare i mean it's mm. a, it's a night it's great to have grass in your garden of course but how many hours a year do you use your garden especially if you live in uk or in, in holland how many hours a year are you on your grass versus the cost of maintenance the time you have to 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 to, to dedicate to it to to to, to buy also a, a mowing machine to buy some fertilizer yeah. to, to to maintain it to keep it green extra you know where yeah. grass is coming from Grass is coming from one of the French kings, Louis XIV, that decided to grow grass around his castle to show everyone that he was so rich that he can grow something that has no interest. <laughs> there was no flowers, nothing to harvest, nothing to get from it, only to have people working on it and to show, look, I'm so rich that I can grow things that have no interest. <laughs> that's, that's the origin of grass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I don't have grass. <laughs> so, so you're, you're making me feel feel good about the fact that we decided to turn the very end of our garden into a, a bee garden uh, this year. So we've stopped um, mowing the small bit of grass that was there and we've we've thrown a load of um, what they call bee bombs down, which will grow wild flowers on the basis that uh, A, it'll help the bees, but B, we won't have to mow the lawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Lovely. So what about in your own life? Can what what examples have you got of of, of sort of getting to this stage? So clearly you have a an, an organization where you're taking the, these difficulties away, you know, streamlining things for people so that they have that ease in their life. Where did that come from for, from you personally, apart from the grass example? <laughs> <laughs> um I've been one of those people who had a lot of material goods. Uh, I have had a big house with a big garden and a lot of grass and uh, other things to maintain. And um, I've been there and um, I had, uh, I would say, I, I, I've, I've seen uh, the limit of this uh, way of living because I was living this way because everybody lives this way, but I've seen the limit and I've, I've met on my way, I've met a lot of uh, digital nomads, so people who have really almost no belongings. And uh, this is the other extreme of the life I had. And I've been triggered by this way of living. And ma mainly I've been triggered by the, the, again, the headspace those people have. The time they don't spend to manage their belongings, 
they spend this time to manage themselves mm. and to be at ease with themselves, taking care of their body, taking care of their soul and taking care of their business. So basically working out, meditating and working and of course socializing. And this, I was really impressed by the fact that those people have no, uh, have decided to uh, get rid of belongings. So they go, I would say, uh, against the, the mainstream. They are out of belongings to dedicate time to uh, themselves and their well-being and um, or, or the well-being of their family, but at least of their dearest. And I was very impressed by this mindset. And this is where it came from. And I decided to apply this uh, to my life without being a nomad myself. I live at the same location and I'm, I like to travel, but I'm not nomad. Um, but I've reduced all my belongings to a very small apartment and I can dedicate my time and my energy to my business and to my well-being. Yeah. And, and I'm talking to you from my caravan, as I said to you. <laughs> <laughs> where I can't um, admit to having uh, got rid of lots of stuff in my house, but uh, I certainly do appreciate the uh, the small living with with less stuff uh, and, as you say, enjoying those experiences. It seems to be quite a, a sort of movement. And as you say, it's, it's not necessarily to be a nomad and it's not necessarily to be sort of a minimalist where, you, you know, you have three items of belongings or, or something but mm, this mm. seems to be a, a, a shift to you know downsizing and 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 simplifying of, of lives I, I i i'm 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 a living example of it i've downsized my life definitely i've downsized my life uh to upsize my uh you know my uh experiences so I invest mm -hmm. in experiences and not in belongings. I prefer to buy a plane ticket and to go a week somewhere instead of buying, uh, uh, you know, uh, new speakers or uh, uh, a new a new toy for the house. You know? mm -hmm. So um, that's 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 such a big difference, such a satisfaction uh, of um, feeling more alive, feeling more present, and uh, feeling more uh, open to the world around you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. What about that sort of? Um, I don't. I never like to use the word balance, but I'm going to because I can't think of a better one at this precise moment. But that sort of balance between work and and personal life. You talked about being able to spend more time on your business now that you've sort of changed how how your life is. But then also you're talking obviously about the opportunity to travel and and other experiences. How do you make sure that that you're doing the things that are, as you said at the beginning, you know, about the things that are, are, are really uh your i don't know superpowers if you like that that you really are good at doing um and less of the things that that aren't so mm -hmm. you know, important yeah. to you or things that you don't do so well mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you know when you're when you're in a plane you get the the the, the safety demonstration uh and the safety demonstration says that in case of uh falling pressure in the cabin, the masks will fall automatically. And uh, put your mask on your uh, and start breathing. And it says, if there's a kid next to you, please put the mask first and then help the kid. Mm. And I love this moment in the, when I take the plane. Because every time it reminds me that I have to take care of myself before taking care of the others. Mm. 
and taking care of myself. That's the example of this mask because, of course, you have a kid next to you. So the the, the, the reflex would be to go to the kids first and then you. But if you uh, if you don't do yourself, you will not be able to take care of the kids because you're dead. So game over. So I like this example of saying my priority is first of all to take care of myself. Taking care of myself being that I need to have a good balance, physical balance. So I need good sleep. I need good uh, food. I need to work out on a regular base. I need to meditate on a regular base. And then when I can do this and put this as priority in my agenda, then I can perform in my life. If not, yeah. I put my life on pause. What I used to say, if, uh, you know, if I go out and I have too much drinks and after five gin tonics, I'm home with a headache. I say, mm -hmm. okay, I've put my life on pause for a few hours or for yeah. a few days even. <laughs> so I'm not saying you don't have to party because it's nice, but it has to be conscious choice to uh, be uh, taking care of your well-being, physical and mental well-being, before being able to perform. Then mm -hmm. when I'm there, and of course it's a daily routine that you have to implement, and it's a, it's a, it's a discipline you have to, because it's more easy, of course, to uh, <laughs> not to do it. Uh, but when you start to do it on a regular basis, you, you start to miss it and you can't stop. Uh, it's like working out. And people who, who run, for example, they can't stop running because they miss it. Mm. Uh, when when this is uh, the case, then I'm, I'm in my full power to do what, what I'm good at. And basically what I'm good at, I always think, I always ask myself the question when I'm doing something. Can someone else do what I will do? If someone else can do it, then this someone else has to do it. If I'm the only person who can do what I'm going to do, then I'm in my power. Yeah. It's quite, quite easy. <laughs> What about, if what, you're about doing, if, what about if that somebody else can do is something that you really love doing, even though someone yeah. else can? What would you do then? <laughs> Fine. I mean, it's it's a it's a choice. At least it's a conscious choice. Yeah. But I believe that if you want to have impact and to have at the end of the day and say, look, I've done today two or three things major with a major impact, then. Um, you have to do the things that you are the only one you can do. Okay. And if you are the only one you can do them, that means that you are in your uh, in your uh, power mode. Um, I would ask myself, you know, if you're doing someone else's job, who's doing your job? Yes, yeah. Uh, and if, yeah, yeah, please go so on. The other thing is if, if you find that you're the only one who can do something and you really hate doing it, your next job is to find someone else who can do it. <laughs> Yeah, and there was there will always be someone to <laughs> to find it interesting. You know, I take an example in, a, in for example in my company, there are things that I am not very uh, happy with. For example, cr uh, creating reporting. You know, the reporting thing is not uh, my favorite, but I love to have my reports to be able to make decisions. So, but there's always in the company there's always an Excel wizard who loves to to work on Excel. So find this guy and make him have this guy making your report. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a, a bit about how, how you get things done in the day. Sort of, So we're talking about, you know, you try and just be working on the things that only you can do and delegating and outsourcing everything else. Um, what does a day look like for you? And I know they're never the, <laughs> never the same. Yeah, I, I love to, I love to, approach the day by saying okay tonight i will have had uh, made major steps on two or three points 
that's my main challenge. So I want to um, make sure that I will have tick big boxes every day, or at least make some major steps in those ticks, in those big boxes. So basically, I have every quarter I define for myself five targets, and those are the drive for my day. So is this what I'm doing now? Is this fulfilling those targets? Yes, no, no, then don't do it. I'll do it if you have time later on, but don't do it otherwise. So it's basically, you know, to have a, to have your own personal vision, your own personal compass. You have your own targets. You say, okay, those are my targets. Is this fulfilling uh, the achievement of those targets or not? And then uh, again, it's uh, very simple. You can decide yourself, yes, no, and then, uh, and then at least if it's no, you know, you know that you're not working on your targets. Maybe it can be, it can be that you have urgencies to address, and of course, uh, you have to be flexible and uh, adapt. But uh, it's important to directly be back on the on the core. I hate to do list. I don't do to do <laughs> list. No. Because a lot of people think or associate productivity with to do list. I disagree. I think to do list is the start of the burnout. If you enter into managing to do list, you are uh, starting your car on the highway to burnout. To do list makes you lose the the purpose. Uh, ticking uh, boxes of uh, of uh, task in a to do list is uh, never ending. There will be always more tasks, and I see people coming to me and say, "Oh, yeah, and I can't work anymore. I have too much work, and my to do list is getting longer and longer. And the more I, I tick boxes, the more the to do list is, uh, is is being filled with more tasks, and I can't see the end. And it's so extra. Oh, you you stop, you go home for a week, and you come back. This is." Uh, this is to me to do list is the opposite of productivity so what do we do instead of to do lists and how and how do we make sure we get stuff done that needs to be done your main targets mm -hmm. and uh the, the the what i do is that i have uh one of the challenge we all have is the the different flow of information that comes in i yeah. i've i've noticed that i have 13 ways of reaching me 13 from Slack to uh, LinkedIn uh, messaging to Facebook Messenger to email to WhatsApp to SMS, name them, them all. It's, I have about 16 doors to me, 16 doors. It's impossible to manage them. So I explain to everyone I want one door, and what, my door is email. Maybe it's old fashioned, but my door is email. Why do I use email? Because at least with the email uh, software I use, which is Outlook, I have defined all the patterns to already automatize a lot of information that falls in. Mm. So for example, every email I, I am in CC, I don't see. Yeah. It's, it's being directly redirected somewhere else. And sometimes I, if I have time, I have a look, but uh, hardly never I have a look. Um, that's an example. And from the emails I receive, I can assign them to different level of emergencies and to assign them to categories that are the categories that are, in fact, my targets. So my five targets uh, have become categories in uh, Outlook. And then when I get a mail that is touching this specific target, then I, I assign it in this category, and then I can start addressing it later on. So one can say, Jan, you have a to-do list. In a way, yeah, you can say it's a to-do list, but it's based on, a, again, it's seamless. And it's based on an incoming information, incoming email stream that I directly, uh, you know, like trains entering into a station, or oh, you go, you take this rail and you go right, you take this rail, you go left. And then I put the information in the right place. 
And then I do that two times a day. And then the rest of the time, I don't check my emails. And I work on the things I have to work on. So the, the, the message here I want to pass through is to limit as much as possible the entry doors and focus on one entry point and make that this entry point is a seamless way to already allocate information at the right place when it arrives to you. Mm -hmm. I'm just, just reflecting that it's lucky that you have people who work with you and that um, uh, I always remember to check my emails before we do podcasts, just in case there's any issues, because um, but with both of us only checking our emails twice a day, <laughs> Okay, <laughs> last 24 hours might not have worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but it can be an addiction eh, to be always on your email. It's it's defocus. It's uh, oh, I hate yeah. that. It's of course yeah. sometimes I have the tendency to look my emails more often because I'm like, uh, you know, is there maybe interesting information there or not? But defocus. Yes. Yeah, I do find. Yeah, I I, I process my emails once a day. Um, but I do at times dip in because I'm bored and I want to see if something exciting's come in and that is yeah. something I to knock on the head because it's not helpful. <laughs> yeah, I know you're a bit tired or you've been working too long on a topic and you're a bit bored. And, oh, let's go to the email. Maybe there's something nice there. And yes. but, uh, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, why not? Yeah, I mean, we are all humans. Huh? But yeah. again, if it's a conscious choice, then it's nice. But if you do it unconsciously and you lose focus every every 50 minutes, then it's a, it's a yeah. problem. So you use Outlook extensively from what you've said. Are there other tools or apps that you would recommend that you that you use? I use um, mainly uh, Outlook, yes, correct. And um, I'm a very fan of uh, Evernote. Mm -hmm. uh, Evernote is my uh, library. So every time I uh, have a document I want to store, uh, digital or not, uh, I put it in Evernote. And I love Evernote. So, so I have no paper, so I can be fully digital. I, I don't carry any paper. I have, I'm paperless, and every time there's a paper in front of me, so I'm in a shop, I buy something, and they give me a ticket. This is, they say, this is your guarantee. I make a picture and I give back the ticket, yeah. uh, and I put, the, I put it in Evernote. So, I advise everyone to be uh, as uh, digital as possible because again, it's about the seamless experience. When you need this information or this document. You always have it with you in your in your phone, yeah. and uh, you don't have to look for it. Uh, oh, where is it? Is it in the kitchen? Is it in the bathroom? Where did I store this ticket? You never yeah. find it, and you get irritated, and you lose this uh, powerful energy. So, Evernote to store everything you know, and uh, Outlook. As, yeah. This podcast, I think you'll be something like 130, and I think you're the one of the first people to say that you only do digital because I only do digital as well. But everyone else that I interview tends to do paper. <laughs> <laughs> why wow <laughs> i know uh, some people do it because it's like retro and they like to you know write paper journals and or do planning or whatever on paper but um but so you know some a lot of people are using technology too but uh, yeah it's rare to come across somebody who just uses digital so yeah welcome <laughs> but, well uh, thank you and uh, nice to join to, to meet uh, another uh, alien <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, but don't get me wrong. I like paper also and a nice pen and to do some drawings if needed extra, but then make a picture at the end yes. of the, the session and then store it and then throw the paper away. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted your, um, your tools, your Outlook and Evernote. Were there any more just before we move on? No, well, it's maybe it's maybe not the most exciting answer I'm going to give, but uh, no, I, I don't have that much tools uh, to help me. Um, 
Uh, beside those two ones, of course, I love WhatsApp also uh, when it's not about email, but it's more for private uh, conversations. I love WhatsApp and uh, the facilities offered by WhatsApp. The group, the group, um, especially not, not not many people know, but if you create a group on WhatsApp, you have a, one icon on the top right and you can call all the members of this group at once. So to organize oh. very quickly uh, conference calls, it's very nice. You create a group and then on top right, you have a phone, a drawing of a phone. You push this phone and it calls all the members of the group. That's cool. Yeah, I hadn't even thought oh, about that. Lovely. I'm not really a phone yeah. person, but as you say, on occasions, that would be very useful. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You just create a group for a conf call. You know, you need a conf call with two, three people. Just create a group, make the call, and then yeah. kill the group. It's very easy. Yeah. yeah. Ah, yes, that makes things yeah. a lot easier. Yes, good, good. Top tip there. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what about um, learning and improving yourself? How do you sort of keep moving forwards with your with your own development? Um, well, first of all, the headspace created by uh, what we just discussed before. So uh, uh, downsizing your life will create headspace. What do you do of this space? Of course, personal development is, uh, is part of it. Um, I like to um, be discussing with people about the discussions we have now, for example. So it's very inspiring uh, when people uh, ask you the right questions. I do this in podcasts for now. I listen to podcasts also, of course. Mm. Uh, basically, in the morning, you know, I, I I had the tendency to listen to the news, but I get so afraid when I listen to the news. I'm so scared of uh, all the fears that has been distributed on the radios that yes. I've stopped. Yes. Uh, it's yeah. I I, I mean, it, maybe it's very strange what I'm going to say, especially in my position, but. I get a lot of information from your news that are more frustration than information because I hear a lot of things that can, I can't have impact on. I, I just can witness them. And most of the time, the way they are presented to me, it's very frightening. You know, it's very, uh, it's a lot of fear. And uh, mm -hmm. so I turn on the, 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 the radio, I'm like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's yes. very depressive. And uh, so I prefer to read uh, online. So in the morning, I, I like to uh, when I when I commute or when I uh, you know do my things in my house, uh, my workout or whatever, I listen to podcasts or I listen to audiobooks, and uh, basically it's uh, always asking people that um, are uh, that I admire for their personal development. I always ask them what is your book, what is uh, your uh, latest uh, read, what is your your best podcast, and then this is how I find my podcast. Mm -hmm. you, you know this, um, this I love one saying which is to say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with yes yes you know that you've heard that before I guess Absolutely. Uh, so if you consider that how can you get from those five people the best inspiration uh, and then the, my way to get the best inspiration of course is nice conversations but also is to get from them uh, what are your latest uh, inspiration sources? And this is yeah. how I find my sources. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, no, that's a, a good tip. So, last couple of questions. First one is, what do you do on those days where it all goes horribly wrong, where it's everything's just not working out? How do you deal with that? Um, let me remind when last time it happened. <laughs> um, 
you know, you have this expression in uh, that we say when the shit hits the fan. Yeah. Um, well, I enter into damage control in this case. So um, I don't want to pile up problems because um, I take another example, but I'm a sailor, I love sailing. And uh, when you sail on a boat and you have one issue, you have to solve it directly because otherwise another issue will come on it and it piles up and then you enter into a situation that uh, becomes dangerous. Yeah. Um, so never, never underestimate a small issue because it can pile up to a big one, especially on a sailboat. This is, this is very true and it's happened to me very, very often. So when I see that it's going in the wrong direction, I directly stop the course of my day and I address those topics by talking to the right people, by uh, making an, uh, uh, you know, uh, on the go uh, meeting, uh, uh, calling the right people and making decisions on how to solve it before it becomes an issue. Um, and you know, what I also make myself uh, uh, at ease with is to know that those days, uh, they happen and I will have some of them again. It will happen, that's, uh, that's uh, life. <laughs> Uh, yeah. but they don't stay it's one day or two days and then after you're back in the sunshine so there's always sun shining on top of the clouds um, yeah. so it's about uh, keeping the face keeping the control of what is going wrong and as quick as possible killing the issue uh, when it's still uh, small and uh, believing and having faith in the fact that uh, it will, uh, you will bounce back and uh, you will learn from those mistakes so or those issues so in fact I always see it as opportunities to grow. You take it positively, you say it's an opportunity to grow because the way I'm going to address it shows the way I'm going to uh, develop myself with this issue. Yes, yeah, yeah. And what about those days where you get to do the things that you want to do. So I talk about um, when you get to live more, which is about doing the things you want to do and not the things that you feel you should do or you have to do. What What does one of those days look like for you? What, what do you mean in terms of agenda or? Yeah, or just the things that you would have done or how you would have lived the day. I mean, you've, you've sort of said that you don't do things that aren't um, things that you want to do anyway. So I guess we could say it's probably every day, but what's what's the best day for you? Yeah, okay. Um, the, the best day, I would define it as a day where I, um, where, uh, how can I define that? Uh, the best day for me is the day where I've been able to um, achieve uh, steps in the, in the goals I want to reach and achieve something that you can't rewind, that is locked forever. Mm -hmm. So I like to think about those um, click wheels. I don't know how you explain it, the, the English word for that. You know, it's a wheel with some uh, um, structure on it that it turns and it can't turn back. Uh, like when you, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. I, know, I can't explain it properly. Like, like a ratchet <laughs> wheel, I think. Yes, yeah, no, I know yeah, what you mean, exactly. yes. Yeah. What's the word in English for that? A ratchet wheel, is that what? Yeah, okay, yeah. And it clicks, you know, it clicks, and but it can't turn back. It, it clicks yes. every every click, yeah. yeah. I love this feeling of saying, okay, wow, we've done one click more on this project. But you know that you will never uh, go back. It, you, you can't have it taken uh, back, you know. It's, uh, for example, signing an agreement with a partner or um, 
uh, signing a significant deal or uh, issuing a press review uh, for a win release, this kind of thing. So those days for me are days when there is a lot of positive energy, when the, the, the people see that the strategy is being put in motion, that the, the, the belief of the strategy, the purpose we have is tangible. It's, you can touch it, you know, you see it happening. Those are the mm. best days for me. Mm. Mm. Lovely. I, uh, just thinking about purpose as the sort of the, the key point in that, I just think is so, so important. And you talked about that earlier as well. I see you're very consistent in your answers. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, so it's, it's been great to, to interview you, Jan. I, what I really have loved about interviewing you is you speak in stories. You're a really good uh, illustrator of the points that you're making by using stories. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thanks. Storytelling, yeah, that's important. Yeah. And how can people find out more about you and connect with you? I uh, will uh, reveal one way to reach me uh, amongst the 16s mentioned, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is as simple as LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn, and uh, my name is Y A N N or Yan Y A N N, and then family name Toutant T O U T A N T, and by uh, using those two uh, words Yan Toutant, you will find me on LinkedIn, and uh, we can engage with pleasure. Lovely, thanks, Yan. Joe, thank you too, and enjoy your day in your uh, your gypsy day in your caravan. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated, and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more.